ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to College Football Tailgates. Today is October 11th, 2021. I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me as always, Tyler Walgie, Professor Banner. me to the moon. Tyler's in a good mood. He's singing. Smitty, producer Smitty. I won't sing for you. What's up, Will? He won't sing. I'm not going to sing either. We don't want to torture the listeners with more than one of us singing. But uh, I'm in a fantastic mood. Happy this Monday. Is a, this is happy a, week. Happy it's Monday. Week. Happy Monday to all the listeners out there. Or Friday or whenever you're listening. Saturday. Hope, <laughs> hope you had a great weekend. Uh, if you're a college football fan, you did have a great weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. that, like I tweeted this out from the Twitter account. Follow us, by the way, at CFB underscore pod. Uh, that was the best college football weekend I can remember in years. The best, Jerry. The best. The best. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, was so good. And, and we have to lead off. I mean... The Oklahoma-Texas game, the Red River rivalry, the Red River shootout. Uh, Red River, uh, what is it? The shootout. The That's Red, what I like. The Red I like River non-PC with it. Red River <laughs> friendship. Um, <laughs> it that was the best game that I can remember in a long time. I mean, that's that's. I'd be shocked if that doesn't go down as the best game of this year by the end of the season, and I think it's going to be on the short list of best games of all time. And it was a rivalry game. You got fifty yes. percent. Uh, maroon, fifty percent burnt orange. That's what was awesome about Incredible. it. Incredible. Well, crimson. I guess is it crimson maroon? What are they? They're not maroon. Is it I like, think it's crimson. Is it crimson? Yeah, crimson they, cream. Uh, they, can we get a goog? Cr- crimson and crimson. <laughs> can, we, can we get a goog on I'll that? Google it. Um, yeah. I mean, look, incredible game. Texas dominates yeah, early. Uh, Oklahoma defense. They start to figure it out, and then Caleb Williams takes over for Spencer Rattler, who's struggling. He's turned the ball over, and everything changes for Oklahoma at that point. Mm-hmm. They're down eighteen at half. They end up outscoring Texas 35 to 10 in the second half. I mean, that that game was just so exciting from start to finish cuz even if I mean, first of all, heartbreaking if you're a Texas fan. That's that's a brutal way to lose a rivalry game like Especially that. Especially the touchdown. The odds of scoring a touchdown to end the game. I know. When the line was either 3, 3 and a half or 4 I know. depending on when you bought it that week. Look, I don't often throw around the bad beat. I get it. <laughs> we were all what were we all expecting? Field goal, game winning field, field goal. goal. Absolutely. You, you work it into in, into territory and you score a field goal. So you know you, you have to feel for Texas fans out there. And uh, th- but this is something that I think should be pointed out. If you spend any time on Twitter, the game ends after the first quarter or halftime. <laughs> the fourth quarter is just as important as the first quarter. For sure. The third yeah. quarter is just as important as the second, and things change. And this happens. Honestly, it's kind of fascinating when you look, not just college football, it's every sport. So much change happens at halftime to where I always say I would rather, and I know this is going to sound really weird, but if I have teams that are dead even, I have coaches that are dead even, I'd rather be losing 21-17 at halftime. Mm. Now, not by three touchdowns, okay? But how often do we see, look at Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Look at tennis matches, soccer matches. You know how often I'm up 3-0 going into halftime of a hockey, or a third quarter, third period of a hockey game, or second half of a soccer game, and and you lose? Yeah. The reason is, it's easy for that team leading to say, we're winning, let's not change anything. What we've been doing so far is working, especially for Sark, who comes out with a brand new offensive game plan. They hit the ground running with that screen pass. They're looking unstoppable. What do you say it have to, okay, guys, let's switch it all up. No. Then Lincoln Riley goes in. They have all the changes to make. They have essentially the advantage from they get to make the move. So look, down three scores, no one wants that. But I again, I know it sounds really weird, but if you have teams on the same level... If you go into halftime thinking it's over or thinking that you're the better team, 
it's it never goes well. Well, that's so. why there's that saying in soccer. It's like the two a two zero lead is the most dangerous lead. It's because exactly. that Same team starts hockey. to feel Same confidence. Yeah, yeah, that team starts to feel confidence. They let up. The other team has is desperate at that point. And Oklahoma clearly was desperate. Now look, if Lincoln Riley doesn't make the change to Caleb Williams. I think Oklahoma gets blown out I do by, too. by 35 points. How about that Spencer Rattler preseason hype for the for the Heisman? Now it's silly. Well, yeah, it's, I, but look, well, look, it is silly. Uh, but it, it'd be one thing if, if we hadn't seen him do anything. The hype was there for a reason. He was really good last year. So it's not totally you know unfounded, but you know what? it's you know just the, crazy. You know the problem I have, and I know you guys are going to yell at me for this, right? I'm ready. He's not a grown-up. And no. I know that, okay, neither was Baker Mayfield. And neither really was Kyler Murray. Johnny Menzel succeeded at Texas A&M. So it's like, Tyler, this isn't the NFL. You don't have to be a grown-up. Spencer Rattler is on a different page. Spencer Rattler, in my opinion, this is pure speculation in my opinion, was assuming he's going to be the, bet, the, the best thing to come out of OU. Oh, look, all you have to do is put on that Sooners jersey and you're going to get drafted ten, you know, top 10. He's wearing his earrings. He's worried about how he's looking on the press conference. It's like, dude, worry about throwing the football accurately. Mm. So for me, it's too much Joe Hollywood, too yeah. much Joe Cool. Well, and I think that's he doesn't know anything else. You know, growing up get, until he got to OU, he's been the best football player on the field for sure. On any field that he stepped on. Yep. And this might be the first time because, like, even I, like you know, I I read a lot of college football stuff, like you guys do. Like there have been like not like big things, but little rumblings about you know maybe the the team not being a huge fan of Spencer Rattler, the offensive line. You know, like especially with this being the first year with NIL, right? Spencer Rattler signs a deal right. for a million plus, and he's got money. You know, in the NFL, if you're a rookie quarterback and you're a first round pick, they like typically they buy the offensive lineman gifts and stuff. Now we don't know if that was happening or not, but there were rumors coming out for many weeks before this that. You know, the vibe wasn't great with Spencer Rattler, and even Herb Street and Fowler were alluding to that on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. They were saying, you know, look, the like the second Caleb Williams came in, Herb Street would not stop saying this team looks line. more excited. Yeah. The sideline likes him more. Yeah, and it was noticeable. For yeah. sure. And you wonder if the, like this is the first casualty of the of the name image likeness stuff where he's getting paid and maybe his head's not in it fully. And we're speculating a lot here, and I don't think that he's like a bad guy by any means, Spencer Rattler. But I mean, look, if you had given me, if I was 19, 20 and you gave me a million dollars, I bet I wouldn't have my, my focus, you know, uh, uh, you know, not to mention, like you said, Tower, everyone's saying you're going to be a first round draft pick. You're thinking about how many more millions you're getting. I know I would have fucked that up personally. Right. Did I you mean, ever, did you guys ever watch that, uh, that documentary series on Netflix called QB one? No. Spencer huh. Rattler was one of the cute quarterbacks. I heard that, that followed around. What was it? What was the show about? So basically they just, uh, followed around like, uh, the nation's top recruits at quarterback. There's actually a couple seasons on it. it's actually really good i do recommend high school it. yeah yeah okay so and they they kind of go through the process of you know their 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 senior season the recruiting process kind of where they're you know kind of i look, bet that's so fascinating go. it's really cool but you know these 55 year olds just lie to you every week <laughs> <laughs> well and rattler was one of the one of the quarterbacks they highlighted and ever since i watched that show there was something about spencer rattler that just kind of rubbed me wrong mm. yeah i mean just personality wise i was like this guy just doesn't seem like he'll cocky. fit in like in, in high school he was the most popular guy because he was the best guy on the team everybody right. wants to be around the best guy on the but team. but there's just a difference i mean again i'll take cocky i'll take johnny manziel i'll take baker sure. Mayfield. there's just sure. something different about spencer rattler it's just yeah there's a lot of cocky too. players in college football but you're right there you know maybe there's something different going on there I, I mean, love this freshman though. Williams? Oh yeah, Caleb. I mean, talk about a complete game changer for them. And like, you got to give. I mean, 
Lincoln Criley or Lincoln Criley. Oh my gosh! What wow, a brutal slip! I thought that was serious. I thought that was legit. No, Lincoln Riley. I was just about it's to like, praise him. It's like when I called you Fry and Ryan yeah. when you were gone. I, I was just about to praise him. Look, he proves again. He's one of the best coaches Lincoln in the Criley, nation. That's that's TM right here. There, there, there's a lot of coaches who would not have had the stones to bench Spencer Rattler, sure. your top guy. He does it. Not to mention, he's also calling the plays on offense. The The misdirection direct snap play that they scored the two oh, touchdowns yeah. on the game winner, the balls it took to call that play with like nine seconds left on the clock, that play is kind of slow developing. Yeah. And yeah, they had a timeout, but the fact of the matter is that like if that play doesn't go right and he gets stood up, the clock could have maybe, like, everyone was expecting throw on that last play of the game, including me. Everyone was thinking, oh, you can't run the ball here, even though you've got a timeout. For them to call that same play twice takes incredible balls. And Lincoln Riley's, in, I mean, that that was, to me, that was the difference in the game. And it's weird because Sark came out with an incredible game plan to start the game. I mean, Texas looked amazing to start. I still think they're a very good game. But it's weird because I don't feel like Texas blew it. I feel like Oklahoma just finally became Oklahoma yeah. that we expected. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, Oklahoma just finally played up to that level. Now, let's not discount Texas because I For think sure. they looked very good this game. But no, that that's what happened is this team was held back by largely by quarterback. The change was made, and then they started to play better. Everyone criticizing Lincoln Riley is crazy. I mean, oh yeah, this guy's been great for years. He's he finally has a questionable quarterback, and now he's falling off. It's like it's, he's not the problem here. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. And and you're right. Texas is good. Their defense needs a lot of work, I think. But the offense is incredible. I mean, Xavier Worthy, a true freshman. This guy goes for nine catches, 260 yards, and two touchdowns. And like, I was rooting for him. You know, had a big fumble though. He did have a big fumble on, on the kick return. Yeah. That was like the only like kind of choke moment when you talk. But like a true freshman, guy Not still had sure. an incredible game. And it was hurting me a little bit on the inside because this dude had been committed to Michigan for like two years. And he had enrolled early, but then had enrollment like grade problems and couldn't get accepted mm. to Michigan. Transferred to uh, to Texas. And now he's like, you know, looking awesome. So I was kind of rooting well, looking for Looking awesome. Let's pump the brakes. Just a week ago when we bet on him against uh, TCU. Worthy had like four drops in the first half. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's like, okay, let's 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 be well, careful. With a little this. bit of redemption yeah, in that game, I I'd say. So, yeah. But I mean, look, Texas is like the Michigan of the of the Big Twelve for me. Like they can never beat the rival, so that's why I kind of root for them. And obviously, Tyler gets the bet board win. By the way, I was on the Texas side. You're on Oklahoma. I was texting one of our mutual friends, Joe, during the game, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe this?" And I was like, "I don't even care that I lost the bet board because <laughs> that game was so it good. It was a great game, incredible game." Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so good that that's the headline. It's not the headline wasn't Bama loses to AM. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that second. Yeah. That's how good that game was. But Alabama first lost to an unranked opponent in 100 games for wow. Nick Saban. Fly me to the moon. I mean, but look, Al- AM is not the same classic unranked team. I think that's a bunch of hogwash, right? A bunch of baloney. I, last week, had Texas AM top 20. This week, I've got him 16th. Mm-hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with acknowledging the AP Top 25 doesn't have a fucking clue how to rank teams. <laughs> yeah. So saying, well, Texas A&M wasn't in there, true. Okay, goes up as a stat. That's what ESPN is going to talk about. So it's going to be the headline. I don't really, strangely, I don't have much criticism here for Alabama. 
A&M had underperformed this year. A&M's got a lot of great players. A&M's got a top five coach in the country. This actually shouldn't have been a 17-point spread. I mean, the idea that that Saban didn't go in there with Bama and roll them, it did surprise me at first. Hell, me and Will liked Bama last week on the podcast, sure. but I'm not ready to come on here and say, I'm selling my Bama stock. There goes Bama. It was Bama, Georgia. Now we have no idea. Look, transparently, I still have Bama my best team in the country. Really? Is it the two and a half point advantage it was last week? No, it's much more neck and neck with Georgia. But let's not overreact. And that, as a as a handicapper, as a better, that's something that that, that I've learned sometimes through uh, difficult experiences. But you don't grade teams based on wins and losses. That's what the AP Top 25 does. And look, I understand, hell, we can't have a four-loss team in the college ball playoff, so wins and losses have to mean something. But when you ask me the intrinsic ability of a team, what would they be tomorrow on a neutral field? I still have Alabama, the best team in the country. One loss on the road, last second field goal to an underperforming team anyway, I'm not going to take a lot away from them. For sure. And Kyle Field is a, a super tough place to play. Yeah. They took down Florida last year when Florida was ranked like number one or number two, I think. Right. Um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a really tough place to play. And we, we should have seen that it would be tougher. But, I mean, you're right. A&M had just been underperforming all year. They lost Mississippi State. Like, but they just I, didn't look like but themselves. But I don't think that we should have seen it because this was such a left turn. And and now, here's what here's what I, I, I think is maybe we should have been so quick to jump to the conclusion of Alabama's going to keep looking this way, A&M's right. going to keep looking this way. If there was a game for A&M to get up for at home against Alabama, probably was that one. And for Alabama, where you get everyone's best shot every week, it's easier to get up for a team that's got a single-digit or double-digit number by For their sure. name. So Alabama's going, A&M this year, a bunch of sophomores, they're no good. Yep. It happened. And, you know, that's college football. That's what I love about college football. Now, you just if you're an Alabama fan, I know we've got a lot of fans down there in the side. If you are an Alabama fan, things are not done, but but it's greatly shifted for the importance now in the SEC championship. That's, oh, yeah. That's now a, a must-win game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I was just going to say that. I mean, you know, Cincinnati just got the biggest help of anyone here because now if Georgia beats Bama, Bama's not getting into the playoff with mm-hmm. two losses. Whereas if Bama had been undefeated, Georgia beats them, they probably both get into the playoff, right? So now Cincinnati's just right. got to be pulling hard for Georgia to go undefeated, beat Alabama if they come out of the, the West. You know, that that's just a big that's a big day for for Bearcat fans out or there. Or if Georgia happens to lose one. Well, now I mean, if Georgia loses one, then then they both get in. So Exactly. <laughs> so, we're, we're right back if, to that again. Yeah, for sure. So Georgia's remaining schedule the next couple of weeks. They actually big game this week. They host Kentucky, Kentucky yeah. coming up this week. And then they go on the road to Florida, Missouri at home, Tennessee on the road. Charleston Southern at home, and then Georgia Tech. So <sighs> Charleston Southern, bro. Look, don't sleep out. on that. These game. next two weeks. Against Kentucky at home, and then at Florida, the world's those, largest those outdoor cocktail games. party. Yes. I do love a good get cocktail party. Get your popcorn party. ready for that. Yeah. Lane Kiffin, get your popcorn ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, we should have seen it coming because Johnny Football was there. He was on the sidelines. <laughs> He's the last guy to beat uh, Alabama for A&M. That's when Johnny. We, the second he was on the sideline, we all should have gone, uh-oh. But, Johnny? Uh, I'm Johnny. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of Georgia, they stay clean at Auburn. They're mm-hmm. now number one in the country. Clean. Iowa, the other bet board game. Iowa, Iowa. stays unbeaten. So, so speaking of yellow, Iowa, yellow, gold. You know what mm. is, is gold that I've been in, indulging in this year is pears. Mm. I've been eating a lot of pears this fall. Wow. That's pretty pretentious fruit, but I like it. Is it, it. pretentious? <laughs> a little bit, you know? I didn't know that. No, I like them. Look, pears are good, but I, if it you is... Get a, if you get a pear... That's at its peak ripeness. 
I, there's not much like it. You know, you're definitely not wrong. Yeah. Pears are delicious. All I'm saying is if you see a guy walking down the street eating a pear, just just eating a pear, he looks, I, I just, <laughs> it looks like a guy who's like a douchebag. I don't know why I, maybe not like a douchebag, but just like a pretentious, like know-it-all. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably got like uh, glasses that don't actually have like lenses. They're just fashionable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing going on. Well, it is peak uh, uh, pear season, pear season mm-hmm. in uh, Colorado West. It's mm. peak pear season. And then, Palisade, actually, I have this idea. Yes, that's from, a thing uh, too, Will. <laughs> you know, the Dan Patrick show, which I love. The uh, Paulie on there has recently started talking about foliage in the West. Mm. And I think we should bring foliage to people all over the country. Oh. Because we're getting to the point Not in the year. Not enough foliage in Los Angeles. Exactly, Will. Not enough, <laughs> nearly enough. We're getting to the point in the year where we're reaching peak foliage. Mm. So can I give a peak foliage update? Yeah, what I, okay. yeah sure. We I'm currently, confused, yes. this next week, if you, peak foliage means you go out and look, it's, it's the most beautiful time the leaves, are, the leaves are changing. Yeah, leaf peeping. So it's currently this week, all of our listeners, this week, it's, it's going to be peak foliage in all of Colorado, Utah, Idaho, South Dakota, and then let's go, let's go east a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've got uh, uh, <laughs> Michigan. Okay. Uh, what state is this right here? I think that's Minnesota. Yeah, it, Minnesota right there by Canada, eh? Uh, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, and then the upper parts of New York, Vermont, sure. Maine. So that the, the upper strip of the country, and then some of those uh, grouped uh, uh, states, kind of in the middle left of the country. Hey, we got so. a lot of listeners in Maine. That's that's a fact. So <laughs> it's a great time to go take some pictures, go look at yeah. the leaves. It's true, they do foliage. look great. Yeah, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the best college football weekend happened right as peak foliage that's starts true. happening. That's that true. is because that's the fall. That's what that's fall is all about. Exactly. So uh, so real quick while uh, pears. Back to pears. I I started eating kiwis, but keeping the skin on. Mmm, that's Whoa, weird. Keeping Is it the good? Skin on. Yeah, like, you can't even tell. That's like people who eat, uh. eat peanuts without <laughs> cracking ke- the peanuts open. I people and do eat that. Peanut shells. <laughs> yeah, I know people that do so, that. So so well, the skin is the skin. Kiwis kiwis are like one of the bigger pain in the asses to peel. And I actually saw it's actually been pretty uh, out there recently that you can actually just eat them with the skin on. It's, well, it's, it's yeah. like eating an apple. Well, it says this: eating eating kiwi skin provides thirty four percent folate and thirty four percent more vitamin E to your diet than eating the fresh folate. Foliage. This is all good. That's not a coincidence. Oh, Although, what? How do you uh, wash like a fuzzy? You know, do, do you wash it? Do you clean it and then let it dry, yeah, or you just eat it wet? Ryan's yeah, you just eat it wet. The pro tip is this is Fry and Ryan's shampoo. Pro tip. <laughs> yeah, Fry and Ryan. Um, cut the nubs off first because those mm. are kind of tough yeah, to chew on. Yep. But really, you can't even uh, have a nice little brisk. You don't even notice start. the the little. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even notice the little hairs. Yeah. Okay. That's what Ryan always says when sticking a little couple of things in his mouth. Maybe if we we even notice the hairs. Maybe if we get sponsored by Manscaped, we can have you shaving all the hair off of your kiwis first. (laughs) Or dole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There you go. Uh, Okay. Iowa. Dole whip. Iowa stays unbeaten. This is the other bet board game. Tyler goes 2-0, by the way. He is now leading the bet board 6-5. We're back. Hey, a lot of season to go. A lot of season to go. Iowa stays unbeaten. They're now number two in the country, and you can't fault a team for winning. I, but I can't, and this is not a, uh, a sore loser uh, bet board take at all, I promise. If Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt, I don't think Iowa wins that game. No chance. Yeah, I mean, Iowa, like Penn State was leading, and I know that Clifford had struggled. He had th- two interceptions in the first quarter, but the difference is that 
when Roberson came in to back him up, he was just downright terrible. Yeah. And I'm, we're not here to rag on this guy. He's, he's like a you know a sophomore or whatever. He's a young guy, and Clifford wasn't great, but he's got command of that offense. Penn State was looking way better. The second that hit happens where he gets hurt, the whole vibe of the game completely changed. You yeah. still got to give it to Iowa because they, they scored points on a tough Penn State defense. You know, it was a great scene there at Kinnick. That Kinnick is on my short list for, yeah. for Big Ten stadiums. It just looks wild to me. Um, but I, I just can't help but feel it. And once again, this is not, I'm not trying to hate on Iowa here, but they just feel like a fraudulent number two. I mean, Dude, I think they're very good. Their, their style of football is not sustainable. And yeah, I agree. It's like, I, I, I mean, they're going to be undefeated, I think, heading into the Big Ten championship game. You know, the only one is they play Nebraska last week at Nebraska. That could be a bit of a trap game. Look, I, I have to step in here. Okay, this step is in. just so ridiculous, <laughs> in my opinion, what we're saying about Iowa. What more do they have to do? They open the season with a 28-point win against Indiana. They were favored by two that game. Yeah. Oh, Indiana must suck this year. It's about Indiana. Okay, they follow up the next week, beating Iowa State on the road by 10. Oh, it's about Iowa State. Tyler, yeah, maybe you were right. Matt Campbell sucks. Okay. Then they face Maryland one week ago. Three-point favorites on the road. They beat them 51-14. Well, Maryland must not be as good as we thought they were. And then this week, Penn State comes into town, get the three-point win, and it's still, well, Iowa's not good. What more do they have to do? And no, I no, no. So, so let me clarify a little bit on what I'm saying about their their style of football not being sustainable is they have to be leading the nation in interceptions or turnovers in general. And, I mean, you brought up the Maryland game. Tonga Vailoa threw six picks that game. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm what, – what, what what more they need to do for me is offensively be more productive by putting points on the board. Yeah, I agree. And look, that's all. We do know, and Tyler will admit this because he's a, a stats guy. You know, being a professional better, like turnover stuff is not. It's it's kind of it is luck. It's luck, especially right? uh, interceptions. That being said, they're a very good defense, and so you yes. can't take that away from them. And I'm not saying I would never say Iowa is bad, but like I'm just looking at the rankings right now. I think that if you go down those rankings, how many of these teams on a neutral field would you pick Iowa to win? I'll tell you right now. I okay. have Iowa. Outside of Georgia, because they're ranked behind them, right? But, I have my, my rankings, and this okay. is by points. So if you're number one, you'd be favored against number two on a neutral. If you're number two, so on and so forth. I have Alabama one, Georgia two, Ohio State three, Oklahoma four, Iowa five. Okay, so that's fair. So five, yeah. Because uh, see, I would put, I, I don't know, Cincinnati's kind of a maybe there. I think that'd be a really good game. I've got but, Cincinnati about two points worse than Iowa. So neutral field, I have Iowa minus two. That's In fair. Iowa, I have Iowa minus five. Yeah. At Cincinnati, I'd have Cincinnati minus one. Okay. I mean, look, I'm not dropping them outside the top 10 or anything but yeah, I sure. don't think they're beating, beating but that's Alabama, the, that's the Oklahoma, thing is, Ohio State. Maybe not, but you don't stay in these games and give yourself a chance to win if you if you aren't a really good team with really good coaching. And yeah. I, I won't put it past the coaching staff. Okay, They're doing everything they can to guarantee the win and get out with the win. So they're being conservative. Kirk Ferentz and his son now... Are, are, are rather conservative-minded, which I don't blame them for. for sure. So, you know, I was not in a position where they're looking to blow people out. Sure. Hell, they probably couldn't blow people out. Sure. But that, to me, doesn't define great right now in college football. What defines great in college football is, and let's get off this whole Georgia-Alabama thing, because I, I think still they're, they're still the two best. Can you compete with the best on yeah. a neutral field? Any game, if you're not playing your best football, can you stay in the game? That, yeah. to me, is as simple as you can make it. That's a great way to put it. If you're not playing your best, are you still in it? Yeah. Yeah. And th and that's fair. And look, you know, I think I was really good. And like I said, it's going to come down to can they, it's really going to come down to can they 
can they hang with Ohio State? And we'll find out in the Big Ten Championship game, I think. We'll see what happens as the rest of the season shakes out. But funny thing, at least, like I, I don't want to rag on the kids that much because it's not like a horrible fence, but the fans rush the field as a home favorite and a higher-ranked team. You know what I mean? <laughs> I it, it was still a big game. It's a big win, and yeah. they're college kids. You want to have fun. It's a cool scene. But, you know, if you're the higher-ranked team at home and you're the favorite, I don't know if you get to rush the hey, field. Hey, we're just testing out yeah. the vaccination, Will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, you know, yeah, the heavily vaccinated Iowa. <laughs> but still, great scene and a and, uh, big win for them. And another game that got completely overshadowed by the Red River shootout, Ole Miss versus Arkansas was a classic. No one was even paying attention to it, really, because it was happening at the exact same time. It goes down to the wire. Sam Pittman goes for two, like, balls to... Love uh, I call. love the call. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Love the call. They don't get it. Ole Miss gets the win, but just a great game all around. I love, I love the uh, the call to go for two, but I hated the actual play call. Oh, yeah? It was just that roll. So I think they had trips right, and they were... They had the ball on the right hash, and they ran KJ Jefferson, rolled him out to the right. Right, he had nowhere to no throw time. that ball. Yeah, that's true. And that that goes back to a few weeks ago when I was saying if you go for two in a big moment, you can't run the ball. At least when you throw it, you have like a couple options. Like he could have thrown it a couple ways. He could have ran it. I felt like he should have tried to run it in that yeah. moment because KJ Jefferson's a great runner. He's huge. Yeah. But you know, tough loss for Arkansas, who I still think is a very good team. Absolutely. Um, but big win for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Uh, Michigan hangs on against Nebraska. This was a trap game the whole way through. It proved it, you know, <laughs> on the field. Nebraska is better than the record. I, yeah. I, this is this is going to sound crazy, but I think Scott Frost actually has this team in a good place right now. And if he can survive this year and have a solid quarterback next year, I don't know if Martinez has another eight years of eligibility or what his, <laughs> what's happening with him. If he has a solid quarterback next year and he can survive and not get fired this year, I think they're going to be a Big Ten West contender next year. I think this is a tough physical team and they've lost a lot of close games to yeah. good teams and i don't know if you can really fault him for that yeah i mean they look good they've been outperforming you know where a lot of people thought they would end up but i'm not ready to jump on the nebraska bandwagon quite yet <laughs> i know you're not dude, uh, <laughs> dude scott frost is aged like a president man he looks <laughs> he looks so bad he man. had a bad scene too where they showed the camera on him right when he was literally face palming after that after like a bad play for for nebraska at the end he literally had his hand to his face and they and that's right when the camera got on it was a tough scene i've got nebraska ranked uh 51st oh i don't know about that i mean i i'd have to look at your full rankings but i you know look maybe maybe that's fair i don't know i'm sure past 25 it's there's not a lot between 25 and 50 and maybe i'm wrong how your you know how your rankings show but they're a tough team right now between 25 and nebraska it's about a five to six point difference. So that's not like insane for uh-huh. 25 spots. In 25, I have uh, Houston. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think that they get their big game now left is they get Iowa at home week 12 to yeah. spoil Iowa's season. I think that's going to be a tough game, so I'm excited for that. BYU falls to Boise State. You were on that one? That's a big one. I, I was on it for all the wrong reasons, though. I was like, hey, Bachmeyer, <laughs> they're going to throw the ball. And Boise finally was able to run the ball. So I will. You were on I it. I was on it. Uh, Notre Dame gets it done late against Vatek. Here's a little story for you guys. I, I was telling you guys about this before. So I went over to a coworker's house to watch football. One of our mutual friends, shout out Stone, came over. Hey, Stone. He's a BetUS <laughs> user, by the way. He okay. loves gambling. Okay. He, and, and I wouldn't have believed this if I hadn't seen the actual, like, he showed me on his phone. Stone had a 12-team parlay, <laughs> a 12-team parlay for $7. I love it. Potential to win 1500 
And it's coming. The last game it's coming down to is Notre Dame oh, versus no. Vontech. He needs Notre Dame money line, right? It goes. I think it goes to overtime or it goes, it's whatever. All it, but Notre Dame gets a game winning field goal. Yeah, and he's losing his fucking yeah. mind. So the he won fifteen hundred. He won fifteen hundred oh, on a seven dollar so bet. <laughs> what are the odds on the that? Twelve teamer. That's hysterical. What are the odds on that? Uh, so uh, twelve teamer. Yeah, twelve team. A, me, a, a couple of them were money liners, but they were still close games. Give me a he little bit like, of time. Yeah, but I mean so the odds on that are in the thousands the 12 pack parlay dude insane insanity awesome. and we were joking afterwards he's like i got the house beat like i'm i am so good at this <laughs> blah 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 so funny so big game uh big win for notre dame on the road uh to get it done uh, uh the, the honestly yeah the <laughs> wait wait let me can i take a guess yeah, I, I'm gonna guess one in ten thousand. That's actually exactly the. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> right. Oh no one, way! Point zero 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 one. One That's in ten thousand. One in ten thousand. Assuming he is uh, an average to above average sports better. <laughs> so if he he's is average below average, it's way worse than that. Yeah, no stones. <laughs> but on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so about one in ten thousand. Seven dollars. Hey, close your eyes. Stick the hand in there. Boom! I love it. Lucky winner. Uh, I love hearing stories like that, but. Let's be careful for the audience. <laughs> One in 10,000 means that about 9,999 of the other parlays about. didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. So for that's sure. I think it's so funny. Like every Monday on uh, Twitter, you'll get FanDuel or DraftKings posting this huge parlay. It's like, right. why don't you guys post the millions of other parlays that lost? That lost. <laughs> it's true. Instead of the one that makes everyone want to sign up and well, do that's the why same you only bet seven dollars. Exactly. He's not, hey, he's not betting hey, his, his. I'm into uh, it. I love it. So uh, that's huge. That's uh, yeah, job. that is huge. Not huge. Big loss. Coach O might be getting fired soon. Mm-hmm. Kentucky dominates LSU. Yeah. Uh, a tough scene. And they got Florida coming up. Um, or no, they have Florida coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I think they might have a buy here, but LSU's in trouble right now. And I, I'm a big fan of Coach O. And wow, I, Coach O riding the coattails of what uh, Les Miles had built up for decade plus. It's like uh, who called that? Who would have ever seen that coming? I don't know Give if that's the case. I, how many years was it between Les Miles leaving and them winning a national championship? Okay, Tyler? Brady and Burrow. That was not Ed Orgeron. That was Brady and Burrow. Ed Orgeron had nothing to do with the uh, national that's title. That's fair, but I'm not. I don't think he's riding Les Miles' coattails. I think Les Miles had built that org- built that program up to be a national contender year in year. Les Miles averaged. 10 years 10 wins a season for sure and so they were there to where all you have to do is not wreck the car and Ed Orgeron smashed that Maserati right into the median <laughs> about a mile and a half down the road I don't know That's about a mile and a half I'd say like 100 miles considering yeah. I mean Les Miles was was only I there th- until 2016 three years later I it's think a national it, title it takes time for that to happen it Maybe. takes time for it to, to crumble well look I've said it before Coach O is, he should just be a permanent interim coach because he's fantastic when he takes over for someone who gets fired the problem is he can't be his own interim coach why do you think that is it's because he gets fired the guy who, who did he, who's he the uh, coach for at USC it wasn't um, Pete it was Carroll Kiffin. was it it was Lane Kiffin it was Lane Kiffin another yeah. great head coach yes well he, he might, actually he might have been the interim coach for Pete Carroll too Although Pete, Pete so, quit. He didn't get fired. But the point is, he's there behind these great coaches. It's That's not true. hard not to fuck things up for at least a year or two. I know, but I love Coach O. He's funny. I don't. He's, Coach O's he's not, there to pick up the but Coach, he's That's great. the thing. Coach O, I, why is it a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. Guys like Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, Grinders, guys who are, oh, we're going to go win football. We're a tough team. Well, we're going to go out there play tough. I don't know. That's How many times have you heard from, Saban say, well, we're going to go play tough? That's not that far from, from Jimbo, for being fair. Jimbo Fisher's got a... But 
Jimbo Fisher gets a similar accent. That's all I'm saying. Jimbo Fisher has one big win a year, and then he loses the rest. So he's won a couple natties. Maybe I'm overreacting on Jimbo. I'm not a fan of Edo. He can go coach. I love me some Coach O. He could go to Coastal. That's where he'd fit right in. Coastal Carolina, Chanticleer for like right. Coastal's I, hot I, right now. I think now. they're doing just fine. Yeah, without him. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they're six and zero. Oh. They're and they're crushing against the spread. By the way, uh, Wake Forest also six and zero. Oh. Shout out to them. We've probably never even spoken of them mm. this whole year. The Demon Deeks. They might start losing some games, so you got to give them some credit while they can get it. And my last note is the Big Ten has five of the top ten rankings Big right Ten now, is sick. Yeah, which is pretty incredible. And we're gonna that won't last because Michigan and Michigan State are gonna play each other soon. Someone there is gonna fall. But they're they're doing well right now. They're not on the level of you know Alabama and, and Georgia at, at this moment. But the Big Ten's pretty stacked at the top, at least. Big Ten stacking it up. All right, we're moving on. So we got I, I forgot to even give a rundown for the show. We're doing midseason awards this this uh, episode. Then we're gonna do a selection show for Tyler's outdated movie review. We're bringing that back, mm-hmm. and then we're doing best bets after that. So let's get into the midseason awards. Awards, boys. it's award time. Do we have All award right. show music. We do. I believe Look at that. so. Because you know what? It's the 2021 Mid-Season Awards, Will. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I thought you were going to give it a whole different name with that pause. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So, leading off, your mid-season, mid-season Heisman, Tyler, Smitty. I've got, what some, do we go- got? I've got some good awards here. Because okay. so, you told hey, us to make our own Yeah, awards. we're going to have some makeup awards as well. Yeah. So, All right, give so me your Heisman. My hi- uh, mid-season Heisman is Bijan. Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson. Good choice. Um, I think there's been a lot of hyperbole lately about Bijan. I think at mm-hmm. halftime of last week's game, same thing. Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. And and it's like, let's not overreact to that individual game. But if you look at the course of a season, the numbers he's putting up, what he's capable of doing, the more he's becoming involved in, in the receiving game and how much more Sark is trusting him, I think Bijan has a chance to put some big numbers up. I think he'll be there at the end of the year. The question is, are they not going to give it to a quarterback? I wanted to kind of go out of bounds with this one. Mm-hmm. But he's been playing great this year. I know Texas got the loss, but I'll go Bijan. Yeah, I mean, he's a stud. My Heisman is another uh, running back. I'm going with Kenneth Walker at Michigan mm, State. All right. He's leading the country in yards. He's tied for fourth in touchdowns. And to I me, I call him Kenneth Runner. Kenneth Runner? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, you're right. He's not walking many in. <laughs> Kenneth Walker, the third. Look, the difference between, for me is that even though I think Bijan's great, I think Travion Henderson, Ohio State, all these running backs, there's a lot of great running backs this year. To me, I think Michigan State, he might be doing it with the the worst team out of that bunch of those running backs. I think if you put Kenneth Walker on Texas or on Ohio State, his numbers are even more impressive. And for a Michigan fan to admit this, he scares the shit out of me. Michigan State is is very good, and he's running the ball really well. So he's my midseason Heisman. I like it. All right. Uh, mine, I'm going with Matt Corral. I know we've talked about him in uh, episodes past, but, uh, you know, he's right now passing the eye test for me um, up to this point this season. He's got just shy of 1,500 yards passing, 12 touchdowns, zero picks, and a QBR of almost 90. And doesn't he have, like, like a bunch of rushing touchdowns, too? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a stud. He's really good. So he's he brought his popcorn, even if they didn't against Alabama. <laughs> I like that pick. Uh, coach of the year. He's, sorry, he's got eight rushing touchdowns. Eight rushing, so he's got yeah. 20 on the year. That's yeah. absurd. Um, coach of the year, Tyler. My coach of the year, Lincoln Riley. And the reason is they have not played their best football. And that coach has kept him going, done, done what Ed Orgeron couldn't do, <laughs> right? Continued what Bob Stoop started. But no, in, in all seriousness, they have played poorly for the standards that OU has. They keep winning. They do what they need to when it matters. And you've got to credit the coaching staff for keeping those guys in line, keeping them going, motivated, so on and so forth. So I'm going Lincoln Riley. The team hasn't looked great. And I'm sure a lot of of, uh, 
Texas fans out there or people who don't like OU are probably saying, what are you talking about? They've looked horrible. How can you say Lincoln Riley? My point is the team hasn't looked great. The coaching staff and Lincoln Riley have kept them on the path to winning football games, still top five, still perfect path to the to playoffs. So I'll go Lincoln. I got the same thing for all those same reasons. He, I mean, you're right. He's keeping a team that was struggling together. They're still winning. He makes the call to switch the quarterback in that big game. Gets him the win, uh, an incredible win. He's my coach of the year as well. Boom. Uh, I'm going Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Love um, it. I think, uh, you know, Kentucky has always been kind of, you know, one of the doormats in the SEC. And, you know, he's he's got that program turned around in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, big wins, you know, against Florida. Um, who did they just beat this weekend? I'm sorry. They beat LSU. They LSU. beat the shit out of them. Beat LSU. Um, yeah. And you know what? He's kind of, I would say he's more of a dark horse because, you know, they got to finish the year. But, uh, you know, if Kentucky can keep on rolling, I think uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch has got a good. I love Marky think, Mark and the Funky Bunch at Kentucky. Do you guys think there's more Kentucky Fried Chickens in Kentucky <laughs> than any other state? No. I'm, no. Looking, I'm looking it up Highly right doubt it. Because here's right the thing now. is that I bet you that in I, ha- Kentucky, I have the answers. I have not pulled up. Uh, it, I I would guess that in Kentucky they have like there even though it's called Kentucky Fried Chicken there's better places that do like real fried I say, chicken. I have here the top one two three uh, the top ten okay, top ten states for KFCs guess in Kentucky is on here guess where Kentucky lands in the top ten I'm gonna go oh wait wait guess where oh where okay, where the state lands yes I'm for, gonna go for total seven. KFCs in the state I was seven say six you say six they are. Fifth. Okay. There are 22 KFCs in Kentucky. Number one is Texas. Oh, Oh, dang it. California (laughs) or Texas? It had to be one of the two, right? Yeah, Texas. uh, I was going to go Midwest. With 34. Yeah, guess guess number two. Uh, Iowa. No, Indiana. Ohio. Well, Indiana. Michigan. No, it's the bigger states. The bigger states, the top three. So number one, Texas. Number two, Florida. Number three, California. And the numbers, there's 34 KFCs in Texas. There's 25 in Florida, 24 in California, 23 in Illinois, Illinois, 22 Chicago. in Kentucky, 21 in Texas, 20 in Tennessee, 18 in Pennsylvania, 17 in Indiana, and 17 in Colorado. So there you go. Wow. Those I wouldn't have guessed Colorado would round out the top 10. KFC locations. <laughs> right. That's your KFC trivia for the week. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what okay. we got next one? Uh, surprise team. Surprise Mid-season team. Mid-season surprise team. Iowa. The, Iowa. the Hawkeyes. How can you not Great go pick. Iowa right there in the middle of the country? You know, that is America. <laughs> I'm going with Michigan State. I feel like some people predicted maybe Iowa would be a good team. Everyone was picking Wisconsin in the Big Ten West for sure, but Iowa was up there. Nobody was picking Michigan State to be good this year. Nobody at all because they were terrible last year, and they've been really impressive, and frankly, they scare me as a Michigan fan. Yeah, uh, touched on it a little bit earlier. Uh, you guys went with some bigger programs, but I'm going to go Wake Forest. Demon Deacon's playing really well. They're 6-0. and uh, Had a little bit of trouble with Syracuse. Had to win it late, but uh, yeah, I'll go Wake Forest. Cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Dumpster Fire. I feel like we know a lot of teams are going to be on this list. Dumpster Fire. <laughs> I have the entire Pac-12 in my Dumpster Fire. <laughs> yeah, just you pretty Pac-12 much, you pretty is pretty a Dumpster much Fire. Lump them all into all a bag, throw them all into one trash bag, and just take them out when the trash comes. Okay. So Love all it. of the Pac-12, they're pathetic. It's no good. What the hell are they doing? Send them to the group of five. I don't care. Relegate them to yeah, the move F- FCS. Move up the AAC. Move up the <laughs> yeah. AAC. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. like it. All right, well, I had LSU, and then I had two Pac-12 teams, Washington and USC. Mm. Two teams came in with lots of high expectations, a ton of talent, and now we see why Towers got the whole Pac-12 on the list. Wait a minute. Another dumpster fire. Uh, this could be my surprise slash dumpster fire, but did you see the mom on parents weekend 
at the University of Florida at the tailgate. Was she the one that was on someone's shoulders? Yep. Oh, yeah. That's my dumpster, my second dumpster fire. Of the I weekend. didn't see it. What happened? If see, my mother ever did that at a college visit, yes. I would be so embarrassed. Was she flashing the clam Dude, or what? She, well, <laughs> no, she was about the clam one. was not out. She was about one or two steps behind that. Couple That's beers. it. She was on someone's shoulders. Let's <laughs> go, I mean, she was about to show her boobs okay, to everyone there. Counterpoint. The whispering eye. Counterpoint. You're definitely right. If it's your mom, it's horrific. But if if, if she's not your mom, everyone else is loving it. She, like, she's, a, a, she's a rock exactly, star. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I feel bad for the, 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 the chick who posted on Twitter. Oh, of course. I feel bad. And it's just like, you can't have some awareness. <laughs> like, you can't be doing that at your kids. I mean, when I think of Florida, I think weekend. of awareness. Oh, my God, dude. I'm just like, uh, you don't go to your parents' weekend. I mean... That's clearly someone who is still trying to live out some times I, in her I past. I like it. You know, that what that means is that this was the pregame before <laughs> she was getting tanked at like 10 a.m. She's pregame. And I respect, I respect the send at that age uh, to be able to res- still party. Respect the plight. Yeah, yeah. I respect okay. it. There you go. Uh, Smitty, your dumpster fire? My dumpster fire was LSU. Okay. Cool. Really, we both really, got that. Really struggling down in the big easy. Uh, all right. LSU. Now we are getting uh, our custom. These are all made up awards. Made we up. Haven't, we haven't talked about these yes. at all. I'm going to give you my first one. Okay. My I, first. I took all of my inspiration, by the way, from The Office. Oh, okay. So all of my extra the awards Dundies. are Dundee awards. Dundee awards. Yes. Okay. Mine are just, I just made them off the top of my head. First one is the Texas is Back Award. Mm. So if you remember, not too long ago, Texas beat Notre Dame in overtime. Joe Testor says Texas is back. You know, then it, it's just been like that forever and ever. And my Texas is Back Award this year goes to UCLA because they came out hot. They beat UCLA. Everyone, including us, was riding, you know, riding their uh, their backs and saying this team can make it to the playoff. And then they go and you know lose some bad games. And UCLA is definitely not back. They're good, but they're not back. I like it. Yeah. All right. So again, all of my awards are from The Office. So if you haven't seen The Office. You may not get this, some, but I'm assuming a lot of our audience has. So, All right, so the first one, longest engagement mm. <laughs> in the office. This was, of course, won by Pam Beasley. Yes. I'm going to give this to Georgia. And the reason is we've been waiting so long, at least I have, for another SEC team to break through as the national power. Georgia is right on the doorstep. Kirby Smart, elite team. This could be the year where we're finally breaking through the engagement. Georgia's getting married to all their fans, winning a title, winning the SEC. So for the first time in a long time, it's not Bama. We've been waiting on Georgia, waiting on someone else. Longest engagement goes to Georgia. So in this scenario, Kirby Smart is is Jim uh, Halpert. Yes. And, jo- and Georgia is Pam. And she's <laughs> been married to Mark Rick, a.k.a. Roy. Oh, Mark see? Roy. I love it. Roy Rick. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, that's good. Job. Yes. Smitty, you got any made-up awards? Yeah, I'm kind of making them up on the spot here. So my, okay. first, my first one is going to be uh, most awkward uh, interaction of this past weekend. Ooh. And it was during the Red River Red River rivalry. I don't know why it's so hard Shoot to out. say that. Shootout, whatever. Yeah. Red River um, fight. So they showed the two, like... <laughs> mascots not like the life mascots even that's the other thing is the sooners have one of the worst like live mascots i've ever seen it's just like that little cowboy looking thing that's oh just, yeah that's just that's like walks right. around <laughs> so they've got both the texas guy and the the longhorn and then the sooner and the longhorns like going for a handshake and the sooner just goes up and like hugs him because he can't see the guy's hand through the big <laughs> oh the no big head. it was like a bad dap yep it was a bad dap this just like showed the most awkward hug on national tv that is uh, awkward I, i'm also, not a big fan of uh the 
mascot love anyway. I don't love it. I don't know. I I'm think too, uh, some mascots are just so jaded. iconic, though. But when they're when they're not good, they're bad. But when mm. they're good, they're I mean, they're amazing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I like that though. I like those two should be fighting, not hugging. Anyway. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Get rid of the love. Uh, my next award is the UCF national title claim. So mid season, you can claim a national title even though you're totally not going to win it. And that award is shared by Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina. Oh, okay. They're both undefeated. Come on. You don't put the Chanticleers in there. It's Cincy. It's Cincy. Yeah, but see, Coastal can go undefeated too and not, and not, and then they can That's claim true. it and That's get the asterisk. True. So, very true. Yeah, they get it. Tyler? Uh, all right. My next award is uh, the Don't Go In There After Me Award. <laughs> this was, of course, won by Kevin in the office. And I'm going to give it to Mississippi State this year. Mm. And the reason is... All of Mississippi State's wins, the team they beat just unleashes on whoever they play the next week. We're talking Louisiana Tech, NC State, Texas A&M with mm. Alabama. The don't go in there after me award. You I don't want to play a team after A&M has played them. So you're saying losing to Mississippi State is so defeating mm-hmm. that it fires teams up. That's exactly they, what I'm they saying. They feel so disgusting yes. with themselves. Don't go in there it's after me. It's just like smelling a big pile of poop. Um <laughs> Uh, we keep it classy on here, you know. No beating, no, no, uh, no ideas of beating around the bush. Let's just let's just go right on the nose. All there. right, I've got three more. I'll hit them rapid fire. Rapid fire. Heartbreak around the corner. These are teams that are doing really well right now. That are uh, that are going to feel some heartbreak later on. It's not going to end well. I've got two. It's Iowa and it's Michigan. Both these teams are ranked in the top yeah. ten, and I don't think they can remotely contend with teams like Ohio State or you know the better teams in the in the Big Ten. And so heartbreak around the corner. Next one, the bandwagon award. These are the teams that I just jumped on the bandwagon this year because they're having so much fun and they're such a fun team to watch that I'm gonna just claim fanhood like I did with Coastal Carolina last year. <laughs> uh, it's Kentucky and Arkansas. Both teams just you know yeah. underdogs in the SEC. Love seeing them do well. And I'll probably both could be on the heartbreak around the corner list as well. Uh, second half sleeper. This is my last award. These are the teams to look out for because they're kind of flying under the radar right now, but I think they're very good and they could be competing for conference championships. It's Baylor in the Big 12. Very good team. Not a lot of people talking about them right now. And it's Arizona State who's just kind of getting their their uh, their feet under them. They're starting to play well. I think both those teams have a real shot at winning their conference. Nice. All right, uh, I've got a few more here. The hottest in the office, Ooh. of course, one by Ryan in the office. Uh, I'm going SEC. Okay. Obviously, the hottest in the office. Very but hot. Will brought something up. The Big Ten is knocking on the door. A lot of teams in there. Could the Big Ten be getting hotter and hotter? Mm. And the SECs maybe. Maybe it's off like a bit. one of those things where like one is hot and the other one is sexy. Like mm-hmm. the SEC is oh, sexy, but the Big Ten is hot right now. Love it. You know what I mean? All right. Next award, the busiest, bushiest Beaver Award. Uh, it was by Phyllis in the office. Uh, Oregon State, because they're the Beavers. Of course. Okay. Very uh, next, the Whitest Manscaped. Sneakers Award. Uh, it was won by Pam in the office. The Whitest Sneakers. I'm giving it to Clemson, because they're not playing physical enough. Clemson has built what they've done. Look, I get if Uyunglele isn't playing top-level Heisman-winning quarterback. You have to be better in the trenches. Clemson's done that so well the last couple of years, they're not doing it this year. So offensive line, defensive line, you've got to play dirtier. Whitest Sneaker Award goes to Clemson. And last year, the Extreme Repulsiveness Award, which was won by Toby in the office. I have three teams. It's a three-way tie. Uh, Nebraska, uh, Colorado State, and a third, distant third, but a third, Michigan State. Those okay. are my Extreme Repulsiveness uh, teams <laughs> in college football. So there you go. Those are my awards. I love it. Great. We're, we're mid-season, we'll, we'll wrap that up at the end of the year with the uh, the Tailgate Awards, the 
We'll have to come up with a, with a word for those. The, the gates. The, the, the tailies. The tailies. The, the tailgates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll do that. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to do Tyler's outdated movie review next week. So here's where this goes. So here's how this goes. For yeah. those new to the show, yeah. we don't just talk college football. We're, we dabble. We stick our toe in the... Uh, We're uh, like pop, the ladies from The View. Exactly. In the pop culture scene. And <laughs> so like I'm a per- <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of the bigger, more well-known movies like Sandlot or just other classics that a lot of other Forrest people have Gump. seen. Forrest Gump. So in my outdated movie reviews, I watch a movie that presumably a lot of you listening have seen and then the following week, I'll give a movie review. So today, we're, we're picking the movie. And uh, before we pick that, yeah. I've got to say, can I can I give the audience a recommendation to, yeah, to watch yeah. this week? Yeah, go, yeah. Go get after it. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Have you watched Squid Game? I've yeah. heard, I still haven't started it yet, but I hear it's great. So I'm going to start it soon. I'm not going to give anything away for the, for the benefit of the audience, but you have watched it? Yes, I have. Uh, Allie and I watched it. We, f- we finished it qu- almost embarrassingly quickly because yeah. it's nine hour-long episodes. Yeah. And it's one of those shows to where, at least for me... The first episode ends and we're like, so obviously we're gonna watch the second one, right? And then it's one a.m. and you're like, so should we go to bed? And so it's really good. I don't want to give anything away, but I was hesitant because honestly, when everyone's so into these things, hey, gotta watch, gotta watch, gotta watch, gotta watch. I was just like, okay, like I'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, I, t- I tend to like be, you know, go 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 the other way. Like I'm not watching it because it's so popular. Typically that's how I am. But Allie, my girlfriend, told me about it, and the premise, which is people who are in debt competing for money. Seemed kind of okay. It's it's very broad. It's very good. I highly re- recommend it. I'm not going to say anything else, but it's it's I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I so. mean the basic idea is that like it's a bunch of squids and they're wrestling or no. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm it, fucking it, with it's you. It's a how I've seen the, to I've seen the trailer make sushi. <laughs> yeah, how to make calamari? Exactly. It's, it's squids arm wrestling. Oh, ah, <laughs> it's very go. long. Squid arm game. wrestling. I Speaking of it. arm wrestling, one more random thing. Yeah, yeah. So everyone out there, look up on YouTube ear pulling championships okay this is very kin to arm wrestling this happened a, a couple months ago the national no it's the inuit it's it's from uh uh alaska the ear ear pulling championship so what they do you face off with someone else it's always one versus one they put a string around one of your ears like the back end of an ear just sort of like you know you're putting sunglasses on and then the other person puts a string around the back of their ear and you have a tug of war and you're pulling you're yanking your head back and forth they're yanking their head and whoever's ear gives in loses and their ears are bleeding this 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 dude who have just could just probably fly away on his ends <laughs> up winning it but it's great it's it's decent tv i would think like the gore. more compact ear would do better because the bigger one it's like there's more there's surface more flop. area to, you're right there's yeah. more flop with the bigger ears but he had a real nice compact he looked like a repeat uh offender repeat champion what about like uh like a mma fighters like cauliflower ear See, I don't know about that. That'd probably make it tougher. I would assume because you don't have that. Or unless the cauliflower ear gives you like a nice little groove to put the string in there. But it's very bizarre. Human beings are strange. So if you want that, just look up ear pulling championships. I mean, this is how evolution a, works, right? <laughs> it's the, the strongest survive or the strongest pass on their genes. Like exactly. 5,000 years from now, humans will have evolved to have like superhuman ears. Giant ears that are made the, of steel. People in Alaska will. We'll hear yes. very well. We'll be able mm-hmm. to beat people with them. You mm-hmm. know, yes. I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Tyler's outdated movie reviews. I love when What'd we go off watch? the rails. It's so good. All right. So I just brought, I put four things on the list here. Okay. These are just ones that popped into my head randomly and we're going to see. And then Tyler and if Smitty, if you have any ideas too, sure. we'll throw them out there and we'll see what Tyler wants to watch. So I'm going to start with, because I kind of broke these down. I've got one that's like a uh, comic book movie, like a superhero type thing. I'm I've not, got, 
I'm not into those usually. Okay, but you might like this one. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about And then I've got one that's like an, a, a cheesy old action movie. I, lo- I know you love those. I love Everyone cheese. Everyone does. He loves cheese. I've got a comedy, and then I've got like kind of just more of like a uh, like a sci-fi kind of movie. All right, let's hear it. All right, first is Watchmen. This is the... There's a show, but this is a movie, and so this is one of those Zack Snyder uh, super uh, superhero films. Zack Snyder, great coach of Kansas State for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exact same guy. Um and it's rated R, so it's actually like a very dark movie. It's kind of like mm. an, a really like an anti-hero film. What's it, it called? It's called Watchmen. Okay. It came out in like the late aughts, something like that, 2007, 2008, something like that. Very good movie. One of my favorites as far as like superhero films go. I don't like the ones that are like, you know, uh, kind of too, they're for like kids and they're too popularized. I just don't like ones where you have to have seen 17 other movies no, no, to know no. what's going yes. on here. You don't need that with this one at all. You could go in completely blind, not knowing anything. You won't even recognize any of these superheroes. It's not like mm-hmm. Batman, you know, whatever. These, This is like a specific comic book universe or whatever. And But it's very dark. It's an R-rated movie. It's not, it, you know, it, the whole point is like the superheroes are all, you don't know who's good, who's bad, what what is right, is what is wrong. So that's a cool one. The next one, the action movie. One of my personal favorites as far as bad 90s action movies go, Cliffhanger with oh, yeah. Stallone. It's a good An- one. Incredible movie. You ever seen it, Tyler? No. Oh, man, dude. <laughs> cliffhanger. Is it a cliffhanger? Cliffhanger. It is a cliff. The whole movie is a cliffhanger. It's like, it's like imagine making an action movie out of rock climbing. Okay. <laughs> That's I all mean, it is. Sylvester Stallone, though, I'm not sure. Sly, dude. Okay. Oh, you got to love it. Uh, next up, comedy, kind of a dramedy, really. It's like a drama comedy. It's funny people. It's a uh, it's good one too. Yeah, it's a. Uh, who's the director of all? He, I'm not sure. I just know it's got Seth Rogen. Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow. Thank you. Yes, funny. I'm people. looking it up as you say. Uh, another good movie. And this then, is more okay. If I'm picking any so far, I just I like comedies, so I probably lean with this one. It's kind of like a sad comedy yeah. at the same oh, time. It's not shit. just like a true comedy. It's good. like Thanks it's really like a list, sad right? movie with jokes in the middle. Okay. Uh, but a good movie. That's not what I want then. And then uh, <laughs> any that for for sci-fi because I know you're not one of these guys. Any Star Wars movie, <laughs> any Star Wars movie at all. It's a grab bag. It could be, it could be the original. It could be the last one. It could be Rogue One. It could be. Uh-huh. We could have you start watching the whole Mandalorian series, which is amazing. I've on never Disney seen Plus. a Star Wars ever. You got. Oh, I feel. I mean, never I don't know. seen a Star Wars. This is your choice, and if somebody's got recommendations to throw them out, no, I think those four are perfect. I, I want to either do <laughs> funny. I'll do a Star Wars, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, then I feel like we should start with the original. You know, it's called A New Hope. It's technically episode four. You'll love this. I'm sure Tyler, Tyler will love how it went out the of time order. Line. The original, uh, the original trilogy starts with episode four because you know trilogy starts with episode four. Yeah, it's, it, it, episode yeah, it's four, episode. five, and six. Yeah. They skip one, two. Then and they three. went back like twenty years later and made one, two, and three. They made prequels. Was this the plan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally the first Star Wars movie that ever came out. It's called Episode Four: A New Hope. What? Yeah. Is this George Lucas? Yes. What a fucking moron. <laughs> Why would you do that? So many people off. Why would you it. do that? Uh, to be different, dude, and yeah. like way cool, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, they were shooting it in like the late 70s. I have a feeling there was lots of mm. weed and cocaine. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> George so Lucas four. not sober. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> yeah. So the, if you want to do that, I feel like you should just start with the OG, the... the uh, <laughs> Episode four, A New Hope. Look, look. He's going to give up 10 minutes into it. <laughs> okay. No, you got to do it. We have to have... No, we have to have... A tap out a point? Cl- yes, a clause to where I have like 20 minutes to pick funny people to where if I get within 19 oh, minutes I into see. Star to Wars, out. I can back out oh, and watch funny that's people. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Although I, I think that if you're going to back out, you wouldn't want to go to funny people. I think you'd want to go to like uh, Cliffhanger okay. or Watchmen or something. That, that would be my opinion. Is this a good Sylvester Stallone? 
Very good. That's like one of your best impressions by far. All right, so we'll do a Star Wars movie. Yes. I love it. Star Wars. I love it. All right, here's here's the other part of that clause, though. So if you tap out before 20 minutes, you have to not only review the 20 minutes that you that you watched, but also guess how the movie ends. Okay. <laughs> well, that's almost okay. like encouraging him to All quit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I just love that I can yeah. that I can like use the the podcast as leverage to <laughs> make you do something that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you so go. I sprung it on Perfect. him. I'm okay. watching it. That's All what right. I'll do. Tyler, uh, you want to do an ad read before we do best bets? Yes. Special thanks to BetUS. Online, BetUS.com, one of the best places to make any college football bet that you want. Now, me and Will, we'll talk about over-unders, the spread, right? The spread is if a team's favored by three, they have to win by at least three points that game. If a team's underdog by three, they can lose by up to three points. All those are available. But what's what's really fun about BetUS, you can bet on so many other things. Who's going to score the first touchdown? How many yards will this receiver have? What, What will the score be at halftime? All these different bets you can bet on BetUS. It's fun. You can make a lot of money. You get your money in easy, get your money out easy. One of the biggest hurdles these days is trusting a sports book. I guarantee you can trust Bet trust BetUS. They've been around for decades. They, whether you're a pro, amateur, college football, or heck, we got basketball starting soon, some hockey, little hockey. We got some uh, playoffs in uh, baseball. Whatever you like to bet, check out BetUS.com. Now, the most important thing, use promo code TAILGATE, okay? That promo code is going to give you access to so many bonuses and awards. And when you sign up with TAILGATE, let's say you put in 100 bucks, things don't go your way, you lose the 100 Guess what? You're going to get an email or a phone call in the next week from BetUS saying, hey, we know you use the, the promo code tailgate. Let's give you another bonus. Let's give you another free bet. They're awesome. They help you out. It's a great place to make your bets. We trust them. BetUS.com, promo code tailgate. Love it. That's where uh, Stone won his parlay bet. So he's had no Boom. problems cashing out. So Perfect. Good stuff. Uh, all right. We're starting off. I believe this is the Friday night game. AAC matchup, American Athletic Conference, Central Florida at Cincinnati. Right Ooh. now, Cincy a 21-point favorite at home. This number has even climbed up. It opened up about 19. Look, Cincinnati, they're, they're looking to keep their playoff hopes alive, stay undefeated. You look at Central Florida, they haven't been quite as explosive on offense the last few weeks like we expect them to be, like we've seen the last few years. And unfortunately, they kind of have to score to stay in games. Their defense is not very good this year. You know, I expect Cincinnati to have their way on the ground and through the air, frankly. I think if Cincinnati can score in this game, I think you can expect them to probably score 35 or more, 40, something like that on this UCF defense. So the question for betting the spread is, can Dylan Gabriel and Gus Malzahn figure out how to score enough points to get to 20, 24, 27 points? That's what they're going to need to cover the spread, I think. And I think, you know, the problem with that is that Cincinnati's defense isn't giving up points to anyone. Indiana is the only team that scored more than 20 on them all year long. They're number two in the whole country in uh, in scoring right now, defensive scoring. Uh, you know Their defense is, is one of the best in the country, no doubt. But what worries me about this spread for Cincinnati is the recent history between these two teams. They, they are AAC rivals, and even though Cincinnati has won two in a row against Central Florida, they were both one-score games. So, you know Central Florida... They have a reason to get up for this game, try to spoil Cincinnati's perfect season. You know, I don't know. I mean, Tyler, help me with your rating system. Like, Do you have a 21-point spread here between these teams? Let's see. Yeah, I've got uh, Cincinnati about 19 points better than average. 
And yeah, I've got this at about a 22 point spread. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Because to me, look, Central Florida does feel different this year without Josh Heupel running the offense. I know that I think Gus Malzahn's doing a great job, but there's just something they're not quite as explosive. The play calling isn't quite as on point as we're seeing, as we've seen with Josh Heupel, what he's doing now at Tennessee, by the way. You know, and then you look at. Cincinnati, they're four and one against the spread this year. They're very good against the number. So this to me doesn't come down to can Cincinnati cover because I think it's clear we've got a really good Cincinnati team that has the talent of like a like a Notre Dame or potentially a Florida in my opinion, maybe even a Clemson this year to where they have the talent and the the argument with these AAC teams is always. They've won, but they can't compete on the big stage. I actually think this is different for Cincy this year. They have the pieces to compete. But there's too many variables for me to give up 21 and a half points. Yep. UCF's not that bad. This is the quintessential idea of sports betting. Taking a team that hasn't looked great against a team that's looked amazing. That's why the point spread exists. For sure. So, obviously, Cincinnati... Much better team. 21 and a half points. It's just 21, but still. 21 points. Game like this. I actually don't hate the 21. 21 and a half, I start coming off. I don't like either team here, but if I were forced to take a side, I'm going to take UCF in the, in, the, in the points. I agree completely. If this number was still 19 or it had dipped lower at that point, I think I'd be jumping on Cincinnati. But I think the 21 is just too many points. I, I think Central Florida can honestly score some points to may, uh, maybe keep it close in the first half, you know, something like that. So I think we're both leaning UCF here. And for anyone out there who understands how power rankings work, because power rankings are really are pretty uh, specific and precise, if anyone out there who works with power rankings says, wait a minute, Tyler, you have an entire you know point, point and a half off, why isn't that a bet? If you have it minus 22 and it's minus 21, why isn't it a bet? And it's not a bet because one in the point spread is not always created equal. If I think the point spread's off by one and it should be minus 22 and it's minus 21, okay, that's one thing. But if I think the point spread should be four and it's three yeah. or five, that's a different thing. Bigger so, percentage, Exactly. Right? So ones are not always created equal. If I think it should be 22, it's 21. That's still not enough to just blindly make the bet. So I'll lean a UCF here plus the points. Okay, love it. Uh, Rutgers at Northwestern. Not a huge matchup. Why am I picking this one? <laughs> This this is like a rat line to me. This is stinky. You know, this by the way, this this game opened up a pick'em and now Rutgers is already minus two. The wow. money's flowing in on Rutgers. I don't know how this game isn't Rutgers minus six when you look at it. Look, I get it. I've been singing Pat Fitzgerald's praises for years, and I'm gonna continue to do so. He's a great coach, but this is just a down year for the Wildcats. They're two and three, and their only two wins are against Indiana State, a non major, and Ohio, a Mac team. They gave up fifty six points to Nebraska two weeks ago and only scored seven in that game. I they are coming off a bye, whereas Rutgers just played a physical game against Michigan State, so maybe that's kind of baked into this number, but even still there's zero reason for me to pick Northwestern. I have no faith in them. They're giving up points to everybody. Duke's scoring a ton of points on them. R you look at Rutgers' defense, it's pretty solid. I think they should be able to keep a bad Northwestern team out of the end zone enough to win this game. I think that 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 uh, Rutgers is better than their record. They're 4-2 against the spread. Northwestern 1-4 against the spread. I'm just going to continue to fade Northwestern here. I'm taking Rutgers minus two. I have a problem with this because Whoa. it's the same idea where Northwestern has looked really bad and Rutgers has ex exceeded expectation. I do worry about the two-point line move because early money coming in, moving this, shows me that those who bet on Monday are obviously those who take this seriously and win. And if they're moving it two points, which is substantial for a road team, 
there's something going on this year with Northwestern that's missing. Now, I can't put a finger on it. It's obviously, you know, we're going to have some listeners going, that's the line. It's the... There's something going on this year. Yeah. And it's not jumping off the page when you look at data or anything. So I lean Northwestern here. Maybe we can circle back around, but I just think that they do they don't have whatever's made them able to compete on the next level. They don't have it this year. For so, sure. But this is where I like to bet on teams where everyone else is saying I'm selling my stock. I like to buy that stock. And frankly, with Rutgers, everyone's buying that stock right now, so I like to sell it. So this is the idea of buy low, sell high. I lean Northwestern, but not enough to make it a play. Okay, yeah. And look, at Northwestern is not an easy place to play, more so when they're when they're doing well. But even still, you know, coming off a buy, it does provide an opportunity for Pat Fitzgerald to make me feel stupid for not picking him because I am a big <laughs> fan of his. So that opportunity is very much there, by the way. And next week when we're recording this podcast, I may be talking about what a what a dipshit I am. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, next game, Pac-12, Arizona State at Utah. This game, I believe, is a pick'em, Tyler. Can you check and see if that's still the case? This game opened up a pick'em, Utah. Coming off a big win at Southern Cal where they never win. Southern Cal having a really awful year, though. Um, Cam Rising, the pick. pick'em game. Okay, I love it. Uh, by the way, if you're unfamiliar, that just means the line is the spread is zero. They're evenly matched as the, uh, the market sees them. Cam Rising took over for uh, the, the transfer quarterback from Baylor, and the quarterback play at Utah has been doing very well since then. Cam Rising doing a great job. I mentioned earlier, Arizona State is being like a flying under the radar team. They are nationally. They've been a very good team statistically, especially since their loss to BYU. An interesting note here, both of these teams, both Utah and Arizona State, lost to BYU in in, in Provo in almost to identical scores too. 17-26 and 17-27. These teams obviously seem somewhat evenly matched by the spread and by that result. The main difference, though, I see in these teams is the overall strength of schedule. I think Arizona State has better wins. They won at UCLA, who's a good team. They beat Stanford at home. Those are the last two weeks. Those are tough games. Stanford took down Oregon. You know, a, a tough team every week. The best win for Utah is at Southern Cal, and the Trojans are having one of their worst y- years in you know a decade. Uh, I also trust JT, uh, not JT Daniels, JT uh, Jaden Daniels. The, there you go. the Arizona State quarterback. I trust him more here than Cam Rising. I know Cam Rising is playing well. I don't know if he's super battle-tested. You know, both these teams have a pretty good defense. And you look at Jaden Daniels, he's been fantastic this year with accuracy, with making big plays with his feet. Utah, a very tough place to play, though. You know, tough in, in road environment, loud fans, not going to be easy. But ultimately, I trust Arizona State in this spot a lot more than Utah. Yeah, the only reason why I hesitate this game is because it is on the road, and uh, that's a tough place to play. Uh, but Arizona State, I've got them here as a two-point favorite on the road, so it's a couple points of value. It's a power ratings play for me. I think they're a better team. But again, you know, I can't get past that uh, on the road. By the way, last time they were at Utah, lost 21-3. Yep. Um, and you, you go up there in altitude, and it's tough. But I look what Arizona State's done at the uh, University of Colorado, Boulder. They go up to altitude, don't seem to struggle. So is it altitude, or is it that Utah's usually a better team? They're down this year. Arizona State's playing great. And rarely, you know, you have a sight to the finish line like ASU has this year. Oregon just lost. Everyone in the north besides Oregon struggling. The south besides USC now looks bad. USC's got two losses. Who else is there besides Utah? For sure. So ASU looks at this as, okay, we get them out of the way. Smooth sound for the rest of the season. I'll take the uh, Devils. Good point. Hey, real quick, Tyler, I got a couple questions, actually. Um, what do... um and these may be dumb, but 
what do the payouts look like for a game that's just a pick 'em? And do game how often do games actually start as a pick 'em? I mean, they start it on a pick 'em just as common as any other number. So it's not like it's more or less common. You see it just as much. And that what that means is if it ends in a tie, 23-23, which it wouldn't in college football, right. you get your money back. So that's what it means is is it's just no spread. The team to win wins the bet. What was your first question? Um, just like what the payouts would be. It's the like. same payout. You, okay. you you pay minus 110 to win 100. Uh, so you pay 110 to win 100 on a normal bet, minus 7, plus 14, you know, over under. So it's the same payout. So you still would, pay 110 to win 100 just to pick them. So would savvy bettors tend to stay away from pick them games? No, no. Okay. No more or less than any other game. Um, it's just, you know, my rule is always you don't want to avoid games because the spread. If you think there's value, you bet the game. So here, okay. I think the spread should be ASU minus two. It's a pick 'em, so we'll make the bet. No doubt. Oh, and like, by the way, if just if you're a college football fan, like one of the under the radar great places to see a game is at Utah Rice Cycle Stadium. I've been to a game there, it was a big night game. Uh, small stadium like uh, there's something to be said obviously for the big awesome stadiums we all know them but for like a stadium that's like 50 60,000 that's loud as hell has really good fan base Utah is a really fun place to see a game if you're ever you know in the Salt Lake area and sure. you can catch one uh, BYU at Baylor right now Baylor a six point home favorite to a team that uh, BYU was you know undefeated flying high until they lose last week to Boise State this number has jumped up from four all the way to six now. And Tyler, I you know I mentioned it before that Baylor is kind of flying under the radar. Gary Bohannon, the quarterback, is having an insane year. He had like five touchdowns last week against uh, who do, we both had that game yeah, against was, West Virginia. Uh, yeah, and he's playing well. But is this a, a classic moment where Baylor's looking good? BYU just loses. Are we overreacting, trying to jump on Baylor here? It seems like it. I mean, but this spread seems pretty reasonable to me. You said it moved two points. That seems right. BYU, everyone's going to want to sell the stock because Boise, ah, Boise down year, not a great team, and they beat beat uh, BYU. Meanwhile, you know, Baylor riding high. I actually lean Baylor here, but for the reason you said, I'm not rushing to bet it right now. I think this evens out throughout the week, and if anything... Maybe look at Baylor as a teaser option if they climb up to seven or so to win the game. Love it. But, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot I love in this game right now. I think it's pretty accurate. And I just think that if you do want to fade BYU, be careful because it's not like they're a bad team. And this is what happens far too often. You see one loss and you want to sell the stock. Don't do it suddenly with BYU. And as a matter of fact, when looking at BYU and Baylor, according to uh, PFF College, very, very similar teams. I don't see any team with one huge advantage except for defensive tackling. Mm. BYU, a much better team tackling than Baylor is. Interesting. Baylor doesn't have any big advantages according to PFF College. So, you know, this is a game where seems like it could be a bit of a trap. I lean Baylor. I'm not too big on anything, though. I think Eileen Baylor, and I think I think there is a bit of an advantage at quarterback for Bohannon to me. He's just a playmaker, and and you know, not that BYU's quarterback isn't good. I think he's a solid guy, but you know, there is just more of like a game breaker mentality. I think with Gary Bohannon. But another thing to be to that is an interesting factor mentally for both these teams. BYU is going to be moving into the Big Twelve soon. This is this is a a big game where now uh, Kalani Satake, the head coach for BYU, can talk to his players and say. People don't think we belong in the Big 12. Let's show them now that we do belong. Exactly. So there's and a little bit of added incentive, I think, for, absolutely. for BYU. And that does worry me that now having to take that number at six instead of four, but I think I am ultimately going to lean Baylor minus six here. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's probably the right side. And look, if you, if you look at last week, what uh, Boise State did, 
They got, I think, 140 on the ground, something like that. That's what Baylor wants to do. Baylor actually wants to run the football, establish the ground game, and For then sure. throw. So as long as they can run the football successfully, I think Baylor will be able to get a lead in this game and hold it. The question is, if BYU can stop the run, they've got a great secondary. Yeah. And so I don't trust Baylor to sit back and, peek, and pick BYU off all game. So I think a lot does depend on... Can Baylor run the football? If so, I like Baylor. If not, I probably actually lean BYU. Okay. So that, that to me comes down to the rush game there. Gotcha. Uh, moving on. More Big 12 action. Oklahoma State at Texas. Texas a five and a half point home favorite. Oklahoma State undefeated and somehow no one's really talking about them as a contender for the Big 12 on the national stage. No one has really mentioned. We haven't mentioned Oklahoma State that much. Tyler does all the time because he respects Mike Gundy and, and I think they're perpetual underdogs and undervalued. Uh, kind of the opposite, though, of what, we ex- what we've what we known to expect from Gundy. They have an incredible defense and an offense that's kind of struggling, not as explosive as what we're used to seeing in Stillwater. Texas, the exact opposite. Stellar offense, one of the best nationally so far, and a defense that's given up big plays to basically everyone at this point. My biggest question mark in this game, though, is where mentally are the Texas players after that heartbreaking loss to Oklahoma? You know, Texas is not out of it at all for the Big 12 title game at this point. They could get another shot at Oklahoma and get redemption here, but what they can't do is they can't let one loss turn into two, and this feels like a scary opportunity for that where these players you know, are devastated after they, they, they fought so hard and they end up losing to their rival, and now you know it, it could snowball from here, and that's what worries me. What's the spread? Five and a half for Texas. Whoa! Wait, 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 wait. Texas is minus five and a half? Yes, at home. This is a... I'm taking Oklahoma State. I mean... That that surprises me. Let me walk everyone through instead of just mumbling for five minutes. <laughs> so I have Oklahoma State three points better than Texas. Wow. I, that surprises you maybe, but remember last week I told you I had Oklahoma State 11th. Yep. I, th- th- I've had them high all year. I've got Oklahoma State about 14 points better than average. I've got Texas about 11 points better than average. So at Texas, I think this should be a pick em. I mean, we're talking worst case scenario minus three. Worst case scenario minus three. Five and a half is, you know, I think a lot of this is because Oklahoma State has not been a public team at all. And typically yeah. they get some money because they have a, a great player or, or they get more national TV time. They haven't had one national TV game this year. No, they started to see their first three games. They didn't even have a full roster. Yeah. They're playing with backups. Guys are on COVID protocol. This is a, a pure power ratings play for me. I couldn't believe it's five and a half. I'm going Oklahoma State. And Mike Gundy, very good against Texas historically. He's won five of the last eight against Texas. But Tom Herman had kind of figured him out and won two in a row in his last two years there. Can Sark kind of continue that trend for the Longhorns? In these type of games, though, you know, where you have one team like Texas with the super-powered offense versus a team like Oklahoma State with a really good defense, I typically lean with the offensive team because if it's going to be a close game, I've I, in my experience, what I've noticed is a lot of times it comes down to which team can get the big explosive play in the fourth quarter to win and get the last touchdown? Who can score at the end? And I think I have more faith in Texas being able to score when they need to at the end than I do Oklahoma State. Bet but board? Bet board. I'm, I'm going to take Texas minus five. All and right. Half. Bet board. A little hesitant. Five and a half. I'm going with my gut here. <laughs> All right. Tyler loves this right now. It's just. Yeah, I mean, you might be on on the biggest bet bet board hot streak. Anyway, I should be scared that I'm going opposite of you. It's just it's just too off. Like I have to have some kind of respect for my rankings. Otherwise, what good are they? Does that scare you though? Especially if the number has actually no. gone up towards Texas. No, it opened five. Look, I there's different kinds of sports betters. 
and you have to respect the different kind of people. There's not many of us in the country. Let's just be fair about that. I mean, people have estimated like 250 people do this, okay? So everyone has their strengths. My specialty is handicapping and coming up with prices for games. That That's what I do best. And so for something like this, I just don't come across games that are two points off this often, three points off. And like I said, if I stretched it, I could get Texas to three. It's five and a half. So it's just way too much for me to feel comfortable about. And as I said, I, these rankings have to mean something for me. Now, disclaimer, does this mean it's a guaranteed win? No, sports bettors do not have a crystal ball and predict the future. That's a huge misconception. I mean, my friends who really don't get what I do, they think that, you know, if I pick a loser, <laughs> well, his system works. It's not about that. It's about... Five times out of 100, I'm winning more than my dog. That's what separates a pro. <laughs> really, if my if my dog or a... I, I listened to this one show. They call it uh, uh, the drunk baby flipping coin syndrome, right? Mm. A drunk baby flipping coins is going to go 50% lifetime. An epidemic. I'm not baby. I am going to go 55% <laughs> lifetime. So the idea that I can use these rankings, and this is some end-all, be-all system, you know, you, you should respect the rankings and never bet against it. No, Will bets against it all the time. He has great success. I just think that when it comes down to it, I've got to respect these rankings. I have to, to, to bet on it. But for the audience, sometimes that can come across as bravado. These rankings never miss. I can't. That's not what that means. This right. could easily lose. Texas could easily be the right side, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State plus five and a half. All right. Fair enough. Tyler, uh, guaranteeing victory. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, all right. Moving on. Staying in the Big 12, though. TCU at Oklahoma. Possible hangover spot for the Sooners here. Neither team's good against the spread so far this year, by the way, but Oklahoma kind of figuring things out on offense. You know, Lincoln Riley, he's had TCU's number as of late, seven straight wins in this matchup. In three of the last four, Oklahoma has won by 18 points or more. You know, I am a little concerned that maybe Lincoln Riley will, will go back to Rattler to start, but at least we know that even if he does start Rattler, even though I don't think he will... Got even a short if he, leash. Even, exactly. He's not afraid to give him the hook if he doesn't look good and put in the freshman, Caleb Williams. You know, he, he may play both. But either way, TCU's defense is not good, and they now have to prepare for two really good quarterbacks. I know Rattler hasn't played well, but the guy's clearly talented. You can't just not prepare for that guy. And now Gary Patterson, who's got a defense that's already given up big plays to everyone on the ground, through the air. Now you got to prepare for both of these guys. This number opened around like 12 and a half, 13. It's now down to 11 and a half. I love Oklahoma here. I'm going to take them 11 and a half. I like Oklahoma too. I don't have a lot to add from what you said, but there is one major point. Alabama losing makes things so much more crystal clear for Oklahoma. They win, they're in. And this happens sometimes, you know, if you're in a race and you're not the fastest person ever and you're getting beat by someone fast and then they trip and fall. Do you yourself get a little boost of adrenaline? Of course you do. Mm -hmm. your, your abilities didn't change. Your ability to win the race, you're no faster, but they fell, and based on them falling, you now have this new sense of confidence. Same thing here with Oklahoma. Before Alabama, Georgia, it's ambiguous. They haven't looked that good. Now, new quarterback, new hope. This team is rejuvenated. Alabama losing, inside track. I think this is a really good spot for Oklahoma. We just mentioned Texas coming off this game. Maybe a bad spot for them, horns down. I'm going OU Sooners up 
I like OU this game. Okay, love it. And you said a new hope in there, Star Wars. Oh um, my God, I'm already Oklahoma. <laughs> a new <laughs> hope. Phone home. Uh, Bama at Mississippi State. Totally different sci-fi movie. Space. Why don't you just drop an Alf reference? <laughs> <laughs> it's space. I love that. Uh, Bama going on the road to Mississippi State Uh-oh. right now. The Sooners or the Sooners right now. The Crimson Tide seventeen point favorites. Well. This is an angry Saban game, right? You know Saban's <laughs> tearing into the players and the coaches all week long after that loss. You know you can't catch them sleeping now. Texas A&M did that last week. I think that maybe the the uh, I keep saying the Sooners. I think that maybe the Crimson Tide the players came in a little bit asleep, feeling you know feeling their number one ranking a little bit. Now you can't do that. This is, this is the worst spot possible for Mike Leach. If you, the, the the exact last time that you want to face Nick Saban is coming off of a bad upset loss. You know, I think Bama is going to be motivated. The number I'm looking for is the first half spread. It's not going to be available most places until a later in the week, but at 17 points, that spread's probably going to be eight and a half, maybe nine, nine and a half. I think Bama comes out and just destroys Mississippi <laughs> State in the first half. I don't know if they're going to cover it full game. They do tend to give up that backdoor cover a lot. But if I had to lean one way full game, I'm still leaning Bama here just because of the added motivation of Bama losing last week. But that first half number is what I'm looking for the most, probably right around eight, eight and a half, nine points. I'm taking Bama first half all day. Yeah, I don't think they're going to struggle shutting down this uh, spread offense last year. I know Mississippi State was struggling 41 nothing last year. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a good spot to be on. I don't bet against Saban. Nah, I'm not doing it here. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, staying in the SEC, Kentucky at Georgia. Massive matchup, huge implications for the Big Ten East. Uh, Georgia at home, a 23.5 point favorite. That number's come up. It was 21, 22.5 Sunday night. And gosh, Tyler, this is so interesting because I love what Kentucky's doing. I think their defense is one of the most underrated in the country. It's very good. I think the fact they brought in the transfer talent on offense, Will Levis from Penn State, the quarterback, and then Wandale Robinson, the wide receiver from Nebraska. Those guys are doing big things, and, and Kentucky has you know a pretty solid offense, whereas in the, in the past few years, they really haven't. But Georgia is so good. They just went to a really tough spot at Auburn and covered the spread. Now they go back home. I think Georgia at home is even better than on the road. And I, I'm so torn here because part of half of me is saying Georgia could beat this team 40 to nothing if yeah. they play well at home. And the other half of me is saying, what are you doing betting against Kentucky getting 23 and a half points with that defense? I mean, what what does your power rating say for this, Tyler? Give me just a second. I'll pull it up. Yeah, I mean, do you have, a, do you have the over-under on this game, Will? Uh... Let me look here. So while Will's it's not a lot. I think it's like forty. Um, I was gonna say. I think this game's gonna be pretty low score. Is this game in Georgia? It's at Georgia. I've got Georgia forty-five is the total. Yeah, Yeah, I've got Georgia about uh, sixteen points better. Okay, so So this is a value spot, right? In Georgia, around uh, maybe maybe minus nineteen for Georgia. Okay, so this is a value bet for you then, right? Are you jumping on Kentucky? Well, again, the further up you get with the numbers, the higher the numbers, the less impact a single digit has. So right. 21 to 22 doesn't mean as much as seven to eight again. Uh, but still I, I lean Kentucky here and I don't know if we want to, nah, I probably don't want to make this a, a I, I don't know. I mean, I like Kentucky here. Obviously look, it should be known now to the audience. If there's any major favorites giving up 22 points, I usually lean the other side, but the unknown for me here with Georgia is the main thing keeping me off from this being a huge, a, a bet. You know, I mean, I approached the OU one. It's like, or the OSU one. It's like, it's a bet. This, 
there's a lot of unknown with how good Georgia can be. And I've said it before, I have them now neck and neck with Alabama, number one team in the country. So if Georgia wants to, I actually agree, Will. I think they could win by 40 points or so. It's about do they have the will? Do they have the desire? Will they keep their foot on the gas? And I haven't read anything on Twitter that makes me say no. I have no reason looking at their schedule to think they'll let up. Um, So I lean Kentucky, certainly. That's way too many points to, to give up. But I don't want to bet against Georgia now because of that variance. They could be a lot better than they've shown. So, yeah, for not sure, not better than they've shown. But you know what I mean, no, right? They, for, they have well, that next level they can go to. They have a lot of variance on offense, especially the defense is great. But this is a team that you know without JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett. Has, Stetson Bennett has been a great backup, but they could be a you know especially against a a team like Kentucky. I could see Georgia coming out and winning this game. 24 to 7. I could see them coming out and winning at 48 to 7. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that to me that's the biggest right, question is right. what happens for Georgia at offense on offense and they are at home which to me would indicate that they're going to be better on offense than they are on the road, but this Kentucky defense is really really good. I mean, I look, I'm really torn. I think that ultimately the fact that the total is so low, we're looking at a 45 point total and a 23 and a half point spread, that means that if what what you know the the market is projecting is that Kentucky's not going to score a lot of points. What's the over under? It's uh, forty five. So it's like thirty four to eleven. Exactly. So can can Kentucky score fourteen points against Georgia? And I don't know. I mean, ugh, I'm really torn. I I want to lean Kentucky, but I think I'm leaning Georgia here, and I hate to admit it. Well, I do lean Kentucky. I don't know if I want to make it a bet board game. You know, I don't want to make a habit of betting against Alabama and Georgia for a bet board game. <laughs> yeah, but. For the audience, I uh, I do lean Kentucky. Uh, I mean, it kills me to do it, but I think that I'm going to lean Georgia here. I think that they could limit Kentucky's offense. I'm going to I'm going to hate myself if Kentucky keeps it close or heaven forbid wins. So, uh, really exciting game. Yeah, for sure. Staying in the SEC, Florida at LSU. The Gators going on the road to Tiger Stadium. Ten and a half point road favorites right now. This number has come up all the way from nine. I mean, there's no reason to pick LSU. At all, right now, right, Tyler? Like, mm. There's no motivation. The coaching staff, the coaching staff doesn't know what they're doing. The team is giving up. I mean, they're getting dominated by Kentucky. I think Florida. I mean, Florida got beat by Kentucky, but I think Florida's offense is better than Kentucky's. I think Florida could score 45, 50 points. Or I know Tiger Stadium is a tough place to play, and I even think that with a bad LSU team, the fans are loud there and they make it hard. But I just see no reason to take LSU here. It's tough. I mean, when they're playing so bad, there's not a lot of motivation right now. There's not a lot for them, like you said, to play for. I do lean uh, Florida. Now, I do have this right around the point spread. I have Florida minus 10 on the road. You said it was 10 and a half. 10 and a half. That hook scares me off. But uh, same thing with Alabama. I know Alabama is, you know, they're not lined up directly with Florida, but that opens things up. And when Alabama loses, it's not just, okay, now our path, maybe to our end of the season changes. It's the idea of, oh, we could be one of the best teams in college football. Maybe it's not just Alabama and the rest. And so I think that does matter how much this game, tough to tell, but I'll lean Florida minus 10 and a half just because LSU is so tough to bet on right now. Yeah, I mean, interesting to note too is that LSU has done really well in this matchup historically. You know, they don't play... Uh, they don't. I don't think they play every year because they're in different divisions. But LSU's won two in a row. If you remember, last year was the major upset. Florida was highly ranked, and that was the shoe throwing scene where the Florida player threw the LSU player's shoe, gave <laughs> an opportunity for the game winning field goal in like the fog. Uh, two. You know, they've won three of the last four. Florida hasn't won this game 
very often. And I don't actually think that that game last year especially provides a revenge scenario for Florida where they want to come out and they want to put a beating on them. They don't get wins at LSU very often. I think I'm leaning Florida minus 10.5 for sure. I, I just can't bet on LSU right now. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Uh, last but not least, another SEC matchup. We love the SEC games. So many good matchups. And this one, a ridiculous point total coming up. Ole Miss at Tennessee. The point total is at 80 points. Wow. Ole Miss, a three-point road favorite. Tennessee's offense has looked incredible, by the way. They blew the doors off of South Carolina last week. Josh Heupel, we talked about it. uh, What did we say? The the hype train? The hype train. The hype train. Josh Heupel, he, he has Tennessee rolling, especially on offense. This team is feeling themselves. Ole Miss, we already know everything about their offense. We also are learning that their defense hasn't gotten that much better from last year. They're still giving up gobs of points to everyone. I feel crazy that I actually am leaning over on 80 points here, Tyler. Oh, my God. Are you really? I I, I mean, I don't know why I would take under. Neither of these teams have a defense right now, and they both have offenses that are just scoring huge points. uh, The spread is Ole Miss minus three, Hmm. which if a three-point spread in an 80-point total means that both (laughs) these teams have great offenses, (laughs) right? crazy. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that's nuts. Wow. And it's... uh, It's at Tennessee. At Tennessee. Huh. I mean, I think if I'm if I'm leaning with the spread, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna lean Ole just, Miss minus three. I can't help get over my preseason rating of Tennessee, and maybe that's a flaw on my part. They're four and two now. Exactly, they look good. Their offense doesn't seem to be really skipping much, you know, from what we saw last year. Ole Miss has looked good, but not great, and so. It's weird. Like, I want to go with Ole Miss from everything that I've done so far this year. Ole Miss has been the better team, but right now I have them about equal in, in the power rating, so it's yeah. tough. Uh, I'll lean Ole Miss. Don't love it. A lot of points, though. I'll just give the edge because Matt Corral is right now better than, than Hooker. For sure. So yeah. that that's where I'll give the edge to. I trust their defense a little bit more. I'll, I'll go Ole Miss. I, li- I, I also give the edge that Ole Miss is more battle-tested here. They've played Alabama. They've played... Well, to give you a number here, they've had the 36th toughest schedule so far in the country. Tennessee, number 72. Exactly. I mean, Tennessee's winning big, but against who? They're scoring gobs on, uh, on South Carolina. The week before that, it was... Uh, I can't even remember. Missouri, that's who it was. Bad defenses. And so, you know, even though I, I like what... Josh Heupel's doing at Tennessee right now. They're at home. That's a big advantage. I mean, I think I'm leaning Ole Miss minus three, and I, I just feel stupid, but I, I think I'm going over 80. <laughs> I think this game could be like 45-45. Oh Dude, I can't endorse that, but I love it. Oh, I love it. Let's I'm go points. It. I'm doing it. All right, that's it. So yeah. we got Smitty's pick of the week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Smitty, what do, we, what do we got? What are we feeling? We're actually staying in the uh, SEC. Um I've got Missouri plus eight and a half uh, against Texas A&M. I think A&M is going to be uh, be coming off a huge win and uh, early game on the road, and I'll take the eight and a half for Missouri. Ryan's on Missouri. Missouri, are they on the road at A&M? No, A&M's at, at Missouri. Gotcha. Okay, Missouri oh. plus eight and a half. I love that. Yeah, there I'm, you go. By the way, my parlay last week. Oh, here we go. Perfect. It, it went three out of four, but if you had listened later in the show and you took Michigan, at that point you could have gotten them at three or two and a half, so it would have won for you because mm. in my parlay mm. I gave them out three and a half. Okay. All the others hit, and it wouldn't have mattered with the line moving. So some of you listeners might be like, you finally did it. Yeah. I'm not going to say I did it because I didn't. I gave it out three and a half. They won by three, but we're getting there, Tyler. It's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe not a 12-gamer. He's breaking through. But right. it's going to happen, and here's my parlay. We're going UCF plus 21 
Rutgers minus two, Oklahoma minus eleven and a half, and Bama first half. Whether that's eight, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, even uh-huh. give it to me. That's the parlay. What about a show consensus bet? Okay, yeah. What's Can, our right, consensus? So bet first of, the of all, week? our bet bet our our, our, our bet board game Oklahoma is Oklahoma State Texas. Oklahoma State Texas. Do we have another one or is that it? Five and a half. That was it. Okay, Oklahoma State Texas. We, five we, and a half. We, we talked about a few others, but that's the one. Okay, then consensus. I mean, we're both on. Uh, I think we were both on Central Florida minus or plus twenty one. We were both on Arizona State Pickham. We're both on uh, Bama. We could both take Bama first half. We could both take Oklahoma minus eleven and a half. What are we thinking? I I think out of those, either Arizona State or uh, the very last one you said, uh, Oklahoma minus eleven and a half. Oklahoma. Let's go Arizona State. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the Pac twelve. All right, Pickham, Arizona State. That's a consensus bet. We're mm-hmm. both on that. We got our bet board game. I really need one because Tyler's on a hot one. And hot streak. I, I want that trophy. Come back. I, I he was, is on fire. <laughs> unbelievable. By the way, okay, uh, next week we are going to be recording on Wednesday, not Monday. We always record on Mondays. If you're an early listener and you're freaking out about where the podcast is, it'll be coming out late Wednesday night, Thursday morning. So don't be afraid. We're not going anywhere. We'll be there. So, and I'll watch uh, Star Wars. Tyler's going to yep. watch Star Wars. And we're reviewing it. I love it. <laughs> uh, great show this week. Thank yeah, you guys for listening stuff, guys. as always. Uh, check out BetUS. Use the promo code. Tell your friends. We'll see you next week.